This is Jennifer Hamrick, and you are listening to Life Giver. Welcome to Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life into your military marriage and home. This is Corey Weathers, and I'm so excited to share in this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you want to see the world. My name is Hannah, and I'm an Army wife of about 10 years now. My husband's active duty, and he's deployed to both Iraq and Afghanistan at different points in his career. And one of the things that Sacred Spaces has done for me is kind of helped me on that journey to understanding more of what he went through. Some of the things that he's seen are difficult to talk about, and that's okay. You know, that's one of the sacred spaces in his life. And I'm thankful to read this book and coming to that realization that he has his own sacred spaces from his deployment periods and I have mine too because while he was overseas I was here and there were a lot of things that I went through that he didn't see and I've always kind of known that because throughout the years the women who were with me while he was deployed have remained close friends because of some of the things that we went through. It's just been neat to have I guess my feelings validated through somebody else, knowing that I'm not the only one that's struggled in these areas. And I'm looking forward to all that Sacred Spaces has in store for me and for my husband. Hey, are you a leader of a small group, organization, or business? I'd like to invite you to join the Sacred Spaces campaign. I am on a mission to see military and first responder marriages heal and reconnect. We all know that the personal lives of those you lead are impacted by their relationships at home. It affects their work, their involvement in small groups, and even their own calling. The Sacred Spaces campaign is simple. It's simply asking couples to be more intentional in pursuing their spouse's heart. That's it. And as a leader, there are several ways that you can get involved in the Sacred Spaces campaign. You can lead out by being intentional, by signing up for the Sacred Spaces Intentional Marriage Challenge and inviting others to do it with you. Start a book club with the Sacred Spaces book or even help spread the word about the Sacred Spaces campaign. There are endless ways for you to get involved. You can find out more by going to my website, www.coryweathers.com under the Sacred Spaces page. Welcome to another episode of Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast. Today's episode is number two in the Sacred Space series, where we are touching on topics and interviews with people from the Sacred Spaces book that launches today, August 1st. It's available where most books are sold, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and MilitaryFamilyBooks.com. I am so excited to launch this book. It has been a labor of love. As my publisher, Elvarisa, calls it, it's like birthing a baby, and and boy, it has been a lot of work, but it's been a joy. And so I couldn't be more excited about it launching today and it being available to all of you. A special selection of 100 launch team members had access to Sacred Spaces for about two weeks before it launched today. And I have gotten just wonderful, moving responses from the launch team, and I couldn't be more thankful for them. In fact, the shout out that you heard at the beginning of this episode is from one of our launch team members. And 
and I hope to share more testimonials from people who are reading the book and getting a lot out of it and applying it to their marriage. So today's episode is a very special one to me. In fact, a year and a half ago, I actually went on a reunion with some of my closest military spouses. They were spouses from 361 CAV, which was the unit that we were assigned to in Colorado from 2008 to 2011. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard a little bit from some of those military spouses, including an episode I did with Lena Steiner and some shout outs as well that went back because this was a very close group of military spouses that went through some very traumatic things, both at home and for our service members who were deployed at the time. Well, I didn't know a year and a half ago when I was on this reunion, I had no idea where my year of military spouse of the year was going to take me, but it had just started and we had already scheduled a reunion at the beach. And so I brought my podcasting equipment. In fact, I think I had had maybe one episode episode in in this podcast when I went on this trip, but I just had this feeling that I wanted to capture some of our discussion during this reunion. And so I did. I sat down with some of these ladies and that I just love dearly like sisters. And some of you know that you've got that group of sisters as military spouses that you have done tough life situations with. And these are the girls that I went through some tough stuff with and that I wrote about in sacred spaces. So I sat down with them at a table, put out my podcasting equipment and we just talked and I was really upset afterwards. Once we were done talking that actually the first 30 minutes, of our conversation had not picked up on my podcast equipment and I was devastated. I only had the last 30 minutes of our discussion. But as time passed, the more I started to realize that some of the moments that we talked about and shared were so sacred to all of us that... I kind of felt okay with the fact that it hadn't been recorded. In some ways, I felt like, you know, it was such a sacred space that we had shared. Maybe I didn't want to share it with the world. So I've been holding on to the last 30 minutes of our conversation for a year and a half waiting for the right time. I wasn't sure if it was right for the podcast. I wasn't sure if it was just something that I wanted to save for all of us to listen to again one day. And then all of this work with the Sacred Spaces book came out. And um, I went back and listened to it, and it couldn't be more perfect for this series. So a lot of you out there have sacred spaces, especially if you're service members. Some of your sacred spaces take you all the way back to the deployment, combat, maybe a traumatic negative experience. And remember, we're talking about sacred spaces being multi-sensory moments that are life-changing and significant to you that take up a lot of space in your story or in your narrative. And sometimes we can tend to think that these are supposed to be super negative memories, but many of you have very positive memories that are sacred spaces to you. Oftentimes, our sacred spaces involve other people or we experience them with other people and it bonds you for life. And this roundtable is exactly what that is about. So 
Included in this discussion is Jennifer Clark, Lena Steiner, Alyssa Stauffer, and Carrie Ann Franklin. And we had several other of our military spouses from 361 that wanted to come on this trip that weren't able to. Um, in fact, you'll hear at the end, one of them was hoping to call in, and so we, we ended our discussion. But I really wanted to share this with you today because I think you're going to hear several things. You're going to hear the power of really great leadership. And so if you are in leadership, if, you're a, if your spouse is in command, if you've been in leadership for a while, I really want you to pay attention to the power of really good leadership and what it takes to be a good leader and what it means to be a good leader. You're also going to hear what kinds of things become sacred spaces to different people. You'll hear that some of these ladies were already using the term sacred spaces long before I ever wrote the book, long before any of this came about and it was something that Matt and I had introduced a long time ago back in Colorado and it really stuck with them and so it's perfect I think for this series so I'm really excited to share this with you um, this is one of my sacred spaces so in a way it's kind of tough to share but I think some of the things that we talk about that really solidifies relationships that we have with other people is really powerful and I know it resonates with a lot of you and so I hope that you hear yourself in this discussion I hope it brings back really positive memories that you had with other maybe military spouses or family members that were there for you during tough times and just to give you a little bit of context each of these women were in different troops from 361. So, for instance, Lena Steiner, her husband was our rear detachment commander. So he wasn't even deployed, but she served as one of us that really took care of us. Her and her husband took care of us. His name is Corey also, by the way, so don't get confused by that when they mention Corey deployed later. That's uh, Lena's husband that deployed later. But everybody's husband played a different role, deployed and stationed in different places. And yet we all walked away with this bond that we had gotten through losing 11 soldiers during that deployment. Um, a lot of them were also taking hits with injuries. And so some of these wives were taking care of families whose soldiers were coming home injured. And they also did a great job taking care of each other when babies were being born. And so there was just a lot of connection that was happening because we were serving one another. I know a lot of you guys can relate to that. So just to give you context, um, you know, C Troop, for example, took a lot of injuries during that deployment, whereas whereas another group went through Cop Keating, which is what you'll read about in Sacred Spaces. So with that, let's get right into our roundtable discussion with the 361 ladies. It's been five or six years um, all of our marriages have gone through different things in five or six years. Yeah. What do you feel like, um, if you feel like you can answer it, what have you done well in your marriage in the five to six years since then? Because a lot of our, a lot of our soldiers and a lot of our marriages struggled okay. to get through this. It was such a significant, sacred experience for mm -hmm. all of us in different ways. Yeah. I know that I have flashbacks of of Keating and where I was at that time, we all kind of have it scarred in our mind of what we were doing in that moment. In fact, I didn't even know hmm. that you guys were going to each other's houses during that time. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I, I knew, like, that was a weird, really weird time for me because mm -hmm. being the rear detachment and, and knowing that something huge was mm -hmm. going on, but I, I, again, Corey couldn't tell me either, and I wasn't a part of it, but, like, I knew something, mm -hmm. like, something big happened, 
And actually, it was like kind of weird, sad, but we like we didn't get to see each other go, you know, go out with each other very often because he was always working. And so, but on that night that he got the phone call, we were out on a date. We never went on a date again for the rest of the deployment because every time we went out together, was somebody scared. died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody died. And it happened every, or something, you know, it was like, so we just stopped doing it. We mm-hmm. were like, we can't anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so it actually took a while to like, Get back to date. Get back to dating. Be like to, to go, again. be willing to date again. Because it was a little like, nope, no, I can't do it anymore. So, so what? Yeah, what do you good. feel like you guys have been able to do that's helped you now five to six years later? Doesn't mean that you were finished no, by right. all means. Right. No marriage is perfect, but what has helped you? I think the big thing in ours was the marriage retreat we did immediately after the deployment mm-hmm. at the Glenary Castle. I think mm-hmm. it was. And was this is something we've held on. That's something that you and Matt said. You got up there and you guys were so open. You were talking about your own sacred moments with the different lives you led Mm -hmm. while they were gone, where you had to take over the whole house and all the parenting and all of the everything at home so that all he had to focus on was life over there. And then he came home and it was the readjustment of trying to figure out how he fit back into life. And you were having sacred moments, is what you called them, over this is how I've been doing it. Now you're home and you're doing it differently and you're making me feel like it wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. And Gary and I have held on to that, that one term and that one feeling since then. And every time, yes. Mm-hmm. And every time something or happens where mm-hmm. one of us feels that way, we'll be like sacred moment, mm-hmm. step away for a second, mm-hmm. think about what that means to us and then come back and say, okay, this is why I felt that way. Yeah it hurt my feelings or it made me mad or it made me feel less than or whatever mm-hmm. the emotion is that you're feeling and then we talk about it. Mm-hmm. To you, what does sacred moments or sacred spaces mean when you say that? For me, it has a lot to do and it happened a lot more after we had our older daughter, Allison, um, and he was deployed the second time. It was a lot about he's gone on you know TDY or at training or whatever it is and I'm home doing the whole everything of life every day and he's off doing his job and then he comes back and wants to be a part of our life wants to help me clean the house or wants to help me cook dinner wants to give Allison a bath or put her to bed or whatever it is but doing it differently than the way I do it and it looks better if he's cleaning or it tastes better if he's cooking or if she likes the bath time better and I'm going well what was I doing wrong why didn't she like it the way I did it or whatever it is that to me was very overwhelming Mm -hmm. as a first time mom and a new mom at that and I guess to be able to look at him and say I need just a minute to process this Mm -hmm. and then talk to him about it and then we could figure out a way if it was something we needed to change or adjust or whatever we could figure that out together Mm -hmm. as a team rather than I snap at him and then we're fighting and Mm -hmm. there's no point in fighting over something silly like that when you can recognize it immediately Mm -hmm. and just say I need to step away from it, and I'm having mm-hmm. a sacred moment. Let me step away and figure out my feelings. It's your time out button. Yes, and then come back to you and say, okay, this is what it was. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. I think for us, it, like, we, Brian and I love all, we utilize every Army resource. Some of them are better than others, and we've learned after, you know, subsequent deployments that some units are really great about reintegration, and some units are terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And um, we've somehow come come on both sides and uh, but having the resources of having a really great reintegration we kind of took a really bad reintegration and pulled from what we had remembered in the past 
And um, I know what we've done is when he left on his second deployment, we used the marriage um, study that you and Matt created during the deployment we and we did it um, via email. And that was a way that we stayed connected and made sure that we were strengthening, we were thriving, not surviving. And that was something that like we always try, um, I think you guys have, we probably stole it from the weathers, um, is that like we wanna, we wanna leave our marriage, whatever season we're in, we wanna leave it better. We wanna figure out, you know, this is just because we're put in a difficult situation, just because you're gonna be gone for however many months, we wanna come out of that stronger. I don't wanna use that as a crux that our marriage is gonna have a, a downspin. And while it may still have a downspin, that doesn't mean that it, we can't still get stronger from it and learn from it. And so I think our marriage, we've been very purposeful in saying, yes, we know this is gonna be a difficult time. Yes, we've had three kids in five years. And yes, it's been a really two deployments and you know it's crazy. But at the same time, we are better for it because there's only, you can only, as long as we're both functioning and trying our hardest, there can't be wrong in that as long as we both are on walking the same path and even if it's a different page in the book we're still in the same book and yeah. so I think even when we're having our moments we say a lot like you're on a different chapter than I am right now because mm -hmm. like I you know I'm three chapters ahead of you and we got to catch up and a lot of our reintegration is trying to get on the same page and getting back to the right chapter um, and and it's a struggle it's a daily yeah. daily hourly minute by minute struggle sometimes but that's doesn't mean that um, either one of us are willing to not try any harder. It just means that we're willing to work even more to get on that same page. And I think that's what 361 really gave us the support system because I don't think my marriage would be where it was if I didn't have the support system that I had. Absolutely. I have, and he has friends to go to and I have friends to go to and, and majority of those friends come from that, that time in our lives where we were introduced to amazing marriages and amazing couples and people that we want to be like and we emulate. And um, so I think, and it also gives, um, as a as a culture we see there are marriages that don't make it and I think we know what we don't want to be like and what we don't want to you know we I don't want to belittle my husband in public I don't want to make him feel less than in front of our friends and I think that's something that you can you see sometimes and you're yeah. and if you look at it and know that like wow I don't want to get to there so let's yeah. work on this now and I think um, those having resources and having a place to, that, no, that you know is a safe place to do that with your marriage is, is so important. And the military doesn't really give you much time to do it. No. So you have to make the time. Because if you're not making the time, there's not gonna, the, the, the Army's not just going to be like, here's four months, they go sit and talk about your marriage. So when they give you a marriage retreat, you go on it. When they give you an enrichment dinner, you go on it. Because there's no other time that they're going to give you childcare, a free weekend in the mountains, to yeah. say, work on your marriage. And that's why I, like, when people you know, discount you know, going because well, I'm not religious. I don't want a chaplain to tell me how to do my marriage. Well, go anyway. It's a free weekend with your spouse. At the very least, you're you know? with your spouse. Your kids are not with you. Yeah. And you've got the opportunity to lock yourself in a exactly. hotel room and either hash it out yeah. or no. spend yeah. time doing fun or Because they don't yeah. make you sit in the no. meetings. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, know, you could just sit yeah. in your hotel room the entire time and do what you need to and do. And you never know fun. what might come out of it. Even the chaplain that came in after mm -hmm. you guys left, he, bless him, he tried really hard. And he was the nicest guy. But it just... it. I think insane. when you have the best, right. yeah. it's anything kind of hard to go that. to anything else. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we went on a retreat after that, and Gary and I kept looking at each other going, well, Corey and Matt probably would have done this, and Corey and Matt probably would have done that. <laughs> and I don't remember yeah. exactly what it was now, but there was some little nugget that came out of it, and we kind of looked at each other in the presentation part, and we were like, hmm, mm -hmm. okay. And then after that was over, we picked up Allison because she was just a baby at the time and went back to our hotel room and we looked at each other and I was like, I 
think we need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know, talk if I remember what yeah. it is now, but it was there. So mm-hmm. you don't know even what you're gonna get out. Yeah, of you don't. You may think you're not gonna get anything, but there might mm-hmm. be that one little thing that just hits you, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it was worth it. Yes, mm-hmm. it and it was. And we sat and we had a talk about whatever it was, and mm-hmm. we looked at each other and said. Hmm, okay mm-hmm. you know and it yeah. was better because yeah. there was something that we either had been overlooking or had kind of been shoving under the rug yeah. because we didn't want to talk about it we had a pcs coming up and oh, a brand yeah. new baby and yeah. let's just yeah well that's the problems in, in a closet it ties in with our entire and, lives because in every area of our lives whether it's our marriage whether it's an frg whether it's as a military spouse in general is we all know and and as we said i think last night was that um, we all know that when we're given a situation, you can complain about it or you can change it. Yeah. And if you're going to be the complainer, then nothing's going to change because you're just going to sit there and, and run your mouth and nothing's going to come up. And it's it. going to be more toxic. But if you sit there and think of how can I make the situation better, how can I leave it better than I was given it, then good things will come. And that can go Absolutely. through every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Whether Unfortunately, it's even. good things may not come for a while. Oh, for sure. You might not get good things for a while. No. but And you might have to wait it out. Like, you know... I'm glad that we had that experience in 361 because our subsequent experiences in the units that came after were pretty rough. <laughs> and it was a pre- that was actually much rougher for even though the it was rough to be in 361 with, you know, doing the rear detachment thing, it was really hard, but I was a team. Like we were a mm-hmm. team together and we were going through it together and I felt like that like that experience made it so that when we came to the even and I'm not saying it's harder in a way but it was harder on our marriage it was a different yeah. it was a different, it was hard. different hard it was a different hard but it was like the, when he was in command of the line units when that followed in the um, in the subsequent um, and then when he deployed again when I had an infant and stuff like that it made it uh, we had the tools at that point to, to gut it out even when it was really hard mm-hmm. and so like some of the some of the, the tools that we learned in some of the marriage retreats and stuff like that when you know he wasn't communicating very well or and I wasn't communicating very well and there was a, a lot of resentment about not seeing him very much and being and even you know so being the sole parent while he was actually deployed and then him working such long hours because when we were in 361 we didn't have any kids mm-hmm. so we both could throw ourselves into um, to volunteering and doing whatever but then once you have a kid you have to focus on that mm-hmm. too and so um, you know, I was really appreciative of, of what 361 did for us in terms of giving us the tools to move forward because unfortunately there wasn't the support in the, the subsequent unit that we, there was never a marriage retreat. Mm-hmm. There was never, um, and the leadership in those, in those units didn't value family as much as they did in 361. That's mm-hmm. one thing I think 361 did so well is mm-hmm. from the top down, from Colonel George all the way down, from like the examples that you gave, mm-hmm. he valued family Absolutely. and not just not just like oh here's here's an extra day off Let so you can spend time with, yeah. Your, yeah. with your family not that like the fact that the family members are an integral team to make this unit successful mm-hmm. and that was very apparent from um from the top brigade all the way down and you felt it you felt yes. it like they wanted you to feel a part of something yeah. and be, feel a part of the unit and that made us more, more willing yeah more willing, more to, willing do it. to do it and, and i then, think but yeah. when i came to other yeah. units and there wasn't that there was like mm-hmm. that oh well you're just the spot you're just the frg and we have to do an frg because it's mm-hmm. you know it's a put you it's have com- to it's command sponsored, it's command, yeah. command sponsored. Yeah. you have to do it yeah. it was like well and and then when you didn't have that cohesiveness from the top down where people were really encouraging then people like i i, ha- I was a part of a really unfortunately 
not successful FRG after, so, and I was the FRG leader again, and I'm like, I'd done it once, awesome, one time, I can do this again. You can't make people be right. a part of it if they don't want no. to, and if and if there's not encouragement from from the leadership, then people oh. aren't going to want to. Like yeah. if the leadership's like eh, FRG, yeah, meh, exactly. Like then then you're not going to get people excited about it, and so people didn't come, and so I, I really struggled with that because I was like, what am I doing wrong? What is it me? What am I doing? No. Which I know ultimately it wasn't me, no. but um, to have that feeling, and then also my marriage struggle because I'm like. Well, you're a commander now. Make your people come. And he's, yeah. like, and he's like, he's like, honey, I, I'm like, I'm trying. I'm doing. And I was like, how is it that like, you know? But ultimately, he could only do so much because it was it was from mm-hmm. the, the top. top. Yeah. It's but from in a the way, top. and the environment was different. It was just a completely different thing. And so that was a struggle for our marriage because I'm like, you're not supporting me. And like, and I'm not like, I don't feel like a team. Like, we don't feel, I don't feel successful as a team. And it's hard to not. When you've been successful, and then to go and feel like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm failing. Do you feel like you're failing? Because I feel like I'm yeah. failing right now. And he's like, well, no, like, I'm doing my job. And I was like, well, then why am I not? Like, you know, it was just but like it was almost like weird. at that same time, we created our own. We didn't have we an did. FRD, but we, we created our own support system because my, because I was no longer 361. We right. went to a whole different base. We went to an Air Force base and it's still in Colorado Springs. Yeah. And when I had our, our third baby and Brian yeah. was deployed again, I had Amber Bradish, shout out. I had a shout out to Joanna Gray. <laughs> I had and these designer, were all people from all 361 and every, <laughs> every meal and, and all the new spouses story Moraldi and yeah. Katie Hanger and I had more meals from my old 361 wives and than my new space 361 wives, wives. And, 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 yeah. and the new space 361 wives so it's funny that even though we were no longer part of the unit we were still in Colorado and we still took care of each other yeah, and we true. still treated and still, and I, I still got happened. my meat train I think train, that you know? happened even when you guys first came back and Corey deployed again yeah. because it was right before yes, we moved yep. and we started and we a play group with our little infant yeah. babies yeah. like they could really play at the time yeah. but it was hey you know what? we're gonna get the kids together because the wives Wives need it we need to be together we need to support each other because i mean it was you were pregnant and you or no you had a new baby we were about to move you had a new baby your husband was deployed my husband was never home because he was a commander at the time another half had already moved on to other units yeah absolutely and i think so even though through our negative experiences it's funny how all of us still valued that support and still and still used it and still used it still made sure that and, and i think we still reached out to people who had moved to other states we still made yeah. sure that they were doing okay yeah. and so it's funny how it's almost we did create our family we created yeah. what we needed and that 361 brought us all together but that doesn't mean that when we left it we left it right yeah, I think that's yeah. why it was so hard for many people to leave not just me because knowing that you're leaving something so wonderful and so great and so many close friends that you made you know like would I have made these great friends regardless that the deployment was hard? I think I would have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. even if we had, like, a, you know, walk in the park deployment, like, mm-hmm. 12 months of nothing bad happening besides, yeah, it sucks my husband's away and it, yeah. I get one phone call a week and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and maybe an email every four months. But yeah. mm-hmm. it's because we all had that same mentality of, like, we've got each other's backs mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what. And because, you know, the crap hit the fan during that, that year-long deployment from the very beginning of losing somebody that was the heart and soul mm-hmm. of 361 yeah. and everybody, like... It was a wake-up call. Yeah. It, it was a wake-up up call knowing that this is going to be a tough, yeah. tough yeah. deployment. Because if he could go... Early on. Early on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And knowing that, like, 
I, I like I can't talk to my family about no, it. I can't talk to my son at the time was only three, so like it's not like I can even yeah. kind of lean on him for support because mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why mommy's crying. Mm-hmm. I can't tell him, oh, yeah. this is the reason why mommy's crying because then I'm going to worry a three year old that mm-hmm. doesn't grasp everything. Mm-hmm. So the only people I could count on were other women in my same shoes, yeah, and that were just like, we've got it. I think yeah. what it comes down to is we thought at the time that we were just doing what FRGs do. Mm-hmm. And we thought that that's just how they were run. And now that we've left it, we're yeah, like, we're we like, were the exception to the yeah. rules. You know, but I don't think we knew yeah. that at the time. No. I just thought that, that we Absolutely thought that's not. how it functions. We read all the manuals on how FRGs are supposed to be run. We, we took it. We were like, yeah, that's how it's and supposed to be. Let's it. do yeah. it. And that and it's funny because looking back, I don't think we thought we were doing anything special. Yeah. I think we all just thought that that was our purpose, that we fed the rules. Oh, you mm-hmm. want to do that? Okay, let's do this. And then looking back now, you know, five, six years, we're like, wow. We're never gonna get that again. No. Yeah. Well, I think you know? not some. until our husbands are maybe like squadron commander level, mm-hmm. and we're like, okay, this is how it's gonna, this do. Is how it's gonna go. And you can just, be the leader. We can be the Susan Brown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you follow mine, or you, so. you, you don't. Hope so. but, like, you hope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really hoping that, like, I really just realized how much Susan and Patty were influential when I was trying so hard to make that but they were, work. Well, I think what we realize now, and I, I think this is a good way to sum it up. Yeah. I think that what we realize now is that their leadership and their mentoring was a yes. quiet leadership. It was. It wasn't a forceful no. come in. I'm, I mean, and if there was anything forceful on their part, they must have been doing it behind the scenes. But yeah. from a spouse perspective, it was a very quiet, confident leadership Inclusive. that said, this is yes. how we're going to create this village mentality. And they made it happen, and we all felt a peace about it. And I think mm-hmm. it was not just them, but also their husbands. Absolutely, yes. it was their husbands. It was Colonel, Brown, it was, it was Colonel um, George that because they all made us feel. And they all made us feel example. like we were in need. Mm-hmm. I think, and that we were a part of a team, and that like that. And I not, haven't felt that from another unit. Well, since. and I think that that's why, you know, it has been difficult at times for us to leave three six one and realize that. That isn't the normal experience. I think that was a little bit of a shock to everybody's system. (laughs) But had it not been, we wouldn't be as passionate as we are now about how do we become leaders and mentors to other people that need it. And it wouldn't have been as valuable. And now we're able to, I mean, it was rough for you, Lena, to go through and and have it not be what it needed to be and for you to try to be that leader. And I think that leadership and mentoring is a journey. And it's something that every year or every assignment, every move, whatever, you gain more and more wisdom. And then you you suddenly realize at some point that you're in a place where you actually not only have something to offer, but people are ready to listen. And it's a journey. And so um, I think it's an awesome place to sum up what, I mean, I just adore all of you. And um, I'm not going to say too much or I'll start bawling, but um, I know we have one of our one of our 361 spouses is calling in and trying to FaceTime since she can't be here, uh, which just goes to show how far-reaching yeah. this really was. Um, we weren't able to get everybody together for this reunion, but I, I have no doubt there's going to be more. And yeah. so I love all of you guys. Thank you for w- being willing to be open and vulnerable and and talk about the tough stuff but also be able to celebrate and I think yeah. that that's what it's about as we get together and we celebrate um, who we are who we've been getting through what we've gone through and then how can we move forward and make a difference so I love you guys hey, we love you we love you, love you.
Would you like to send in a shout out and have it included on the Life Giver podcast? Anyone, civilian or military, can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage. Record your shout out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to Corey at CoreyWeathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.